Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Hallelujah! Jesus Christ is risen! Very good. All right. Good morning. Good morning. My neighbor a few weeks ago sent me this story. And some of you may have heard it before, but I want to share it with you this morning. And the story goes like this. A school teacher asked a group of students to list what they thought were the present seven wonders of the world. And though there were some disagreements, the following received the most votes. Number one. Egypt Great Pyramids. Number two, the Taj Mahal. Number three, the Grand Canyon. Number four, a surprising one, but the Panama Canal. Number five, the Empire State Building. Number six, St. Peter's Basilica. And number seven, the Great Wall of China. And while gathering the votes, the teacher noted one student was noticeably quiet and had not finished her list. So she asked the girl if she was having difficulty with her list. And the child replied, yes, a little. I could not quite make up my mind because there were so many. And the teacher, not to belittle the student for her slowness, and with words of wisdom said, well, tell us what you have and maybe we can help. So the girl hesitated and then said the following. Well, I think the seven wonders of the world are, number one, to see. Number two, to hear. Number three, to touch. Number four, to taste. Number five, to feel. Number six, to laugh. And number seven, I think I'll hold number seven to the end of my homily. A little suspense for you all this Sunday morning. And the classroom was so quiet, you could hear a pin drop. And I thought to myself, how appropriate this story is for the gospel reading heard today. Today is the second Sunday after Easter. And every year on this Sunday in our liturgical calendar, we hear the reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. And it starts right after when on Easter morning, Mary Magdalene was alone in the garden next to the empty tomb and was weeping and looks in the tomb and suddenly sees two angels sent from God sitting with Jesus where he was laid in the tomb. Then behind her was a person that she thought was the gardener, but it was the risen Jesus. And Jesus calls out her name, Mary, and she calls out, Roboni. And Jesus tells her not to touch him and that he must ascend to the Father. And Mary, understanding, and in her excitement, runs back to tell the disciples she has seen the risen Lord. And that brings us to the beginning of today's gospel. It was evening of Easter Sunday, the first day of the week, 
And ten of Jesus' disciples were hiding in the upper room. But Thomas was not with them. And it was most likely the same room where Jesus before washed the feet of his disciples and instituted a sacrament of Holy Eucharist during the Passover meal. Now four days later, the upper room was now a safe haven for the disciples after the crucifixion of Jesus, for they feared for their own lives. And while they were sitting throughout the room that evening with the doors and the windows locked, Jesus entered, and I cannot imagine the look in their eyes. And he said to them, Irene, peace be with you. This is a peace between individuals to have the quietness of mind, the sense of security, to be not afraid. It's what we say during the peace, and peace be with you that we are actually saying to let God's rest, comfort, wholeness, assurance go with you wherever you go. And Jesus knew the emotional state of his disciples were in, and the peace he extended, Irene, was to bring them to a level of comfort and confidence, to relieve them of their anxieties so they can move forward. And afterwards, he shows them his hands and his side. And I'm sure the disciples were observing all of Jesus. And when you think back of the student, what she wrote as the seven wonders of the world, wow, the disciples that evening had just about experienced all of them. To see, yes, they saw the living Jesus right before them. To hear. Yes, he spoke to them, and he heard, for he extended his peace. To touch. John, at this encounter, did not write they touched him, but I would not be surprised that they did. To taste. The air in that room had the presence of divine aromas that the disciples had to taste and smell what was in that room. To feel. Yes, they felt the warmth and closeness of Jesus. And to laugh. Yes, they laughed because they rejoiced. And I do not think you can rejoice without laughing. For Jesus was alive. And all he told them that was going to happen to the Son of Man, from that time of the transfiguration on that holy mountain, the suffering, to the resurrection and the empty tomb, was fulfilled, and they had to be so relieved, Irene. And there was another happening that took place the first evening when Jesus appeared to his disciples, and he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit upon them. And that Sunday evening when Jesus appeared to his disciples for the first time, Jesus' earthly ministry after his resurrection was only beginning. In scripture, it is recorded that Jesus appeared ten times during the 40 days from his resurrection to his ascension. And in the beginning of Acts, we read that Jesus before his ascension said, for John baptized with water, but you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
not many days from now, was the day of Pentecost, the birthday of the church, who those present in that room were filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. So on that first Sunday, when all this took place in the upper room, who missed out of all this? Thomas. Yes, Thomas. And John writes how the disciples told Thomas, they have seen the risen Jesus. And in his obstinate, Thomas told them that unless I touch the wounds of Jesus, put my fingers on the mark on the nails, and my hand on his side, I will not believe. That statement established an expression known as, and we all know it, what is it? Doubting Thomas, exactly. So a week later, which would be this evening, the disciples are once again sequestered in the upper room. The doors and windows are locked, and this time, Thomas is with them. And Jesus once again enters the room. Still knowing they are frightened and confused, he tells them, Irene, which means peace be with you, and goes right over to Thomas and tells him to put his finger on him and see his hand and put his hand on his side. Thomas sees. He hears. He touches. He feels the look of Jesus. Then the risen Jesus says to Thomas, do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas, in a tone of voice that had to be penitent in nature, cried out, my Lord, my God. And Jesus' response to Thomas to me is one of the most powerful words he has spoken. It is why this Sunday, the second Sunday of Easter, is so special. And we read here these words every year on this day. And Jesus says to Thomas, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have come to believe. These words spoken by Jesus is our affirmation of who we are. Believers in Jesus. For by believing in Jesus, our faith has made us strong and has given us the confidence and assurance and what it has done for each of us and meant to each of us in our own way. And though we have not seen Jesus or touched him as the disciples did, I am sure you have felt his presence, his touch, his arene, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And there is one more especially important gift we have received as believers of Jesus. Remember I told you at the beginning of my homily there was a seventh wonder of the world that that young lady wrote on her paper that led the class to be silent. You can hear a pin drop. So let's review the first six. To see. To hear. To touch to taste, to feel, to laugh. Well, the seventh one in the world she wrote down was to love. And in Paul's letter to the Galatians, he writes about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And the first one he wrote down was love. And love is an essential gift we receive from Jesus. And how many times have we in our walk with Jesus had felt 
his unconditional love. How many times have we read how Jesus asks us to share his love and to share our love by loving our neighbor as ourselves? It brings to mind what Victor Hugo wrote in Les Miserables. And we heard sung at the end of the play, which is one of Father Mark's favorite plays, and it's mine too. And I quote, To love another person is to see the face of God. This is our gateway to love, to believe in Jesus. And our faith will bring us to know God personally. Because remember what Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. And to know God personally means that we can approach God in our daily life with freedom and confidence. And through our belief in Jesus, and to accept him as our Lord and Savior, and know we can approach God the Father. We have the promise of all promises. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Fellow believers, do I hear an amen? Amen. God bless you all, fellow believers. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.